Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. My esteemed co-host for the last 13 years doing leadership development news, Dr. Kathy Greenberg. You know, and between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%. We're always looking for some of that cutting-edge information. Kathy and I always learn from our guests that uh, we can get better at what we do and bringing that to the people that we deal with. And so on leadership development news, we've been talking about emotions. And we've been talking about emotional intelligence. We've been talking about emotional brilliance. We have an expert that we're going to bring on today, Dr. Marsha Reynolds. Let me just say a word about her, and then we'll bring on uh, Dr. Kathy Greenberg. So uh, Dr. Reynolds, and we'll call her Marsha, is a master certified coach, helps coaches and leaders make every conversation a difference-making experience. So I love that have every conversation a difference-making experience. She has provided coaching and training in 41 countries. She's recognized by global gurus as one of the top five coaches in the world. So we have someone very special here. She is the training director for the Healthcare Coaching Institute, uh, and she was the fifth global president of the International Coach Federation. Maybe we'll ask her a little bit about that. She's also on the faculty of the International Coach Academy in Russia and uh, create China coaching in China. She speaks at coaching conferences globally, teaches leaders in multinational companies how to use coaching skills. And we're also going to tap into her new book that just came out just a few weeks ago, Coach the Person, Not the Problem, a guide to using reflective inquiry and so we're going to uh, have a series of questions, and we'll try to uh, focus on that. And let me just say a word about Kathy, and we'll bring Kathy on, and we'll jump into it. So Kathy, as you know, as you've been listening to this many times, has been called the First Lady of Happiness. She has founded four different consultancies, three leadership institutes. She actively supports behavioral research uh, while offering friendly tips. She has a free iPhone app. You could see her glowing face called Your Happiness Now. You know, and we mentioned Kathy and I just finished our book, Fearless uh, Leaders. And you can, um, I'm sorry, not Fearless Leaders. That's Kathy's book is Fearless Leaders. Emotional Brilliance, our book, and you can go to the website, emotionalbrilliance.com. And Kathy can tell you more about uh, that when we bring her on. So, Kathy, thanks so much. And here I'm plugging your book and our book at the same time. So, there you go. <laughs> no worries. Hey, uh, when you can uh, get free publicity, you take it wherever you can, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, we're going to have a great conversation today with, um, I'll say, my new friend, uh, Marsha Reynolds. Of, of course, she has a brand new book out, which we're excited to get to. So, I'm going to try to be quick here, but everybody knows my favorite co-host is Dr. Relly Nadler. And of course, Relly is a master level certified executive coach, a psychologist and corporate leadership and team trainer. He has um, 
amazing blogs uh, on the Psychology Today website. He has written seven books, including our new book, Emotional Brilliance, Living a Stressless, Fearless Life, and another book called Physician Burnout. And as I have said uh, in prior shows, there is so much overlap right now in both the healthcare area of burnout with all our working heroes, as well as our law enforcement who are also working heroes, and uh, hopefully um, what we're going to be talking about today will also help support uh, both of these wonderful, wonderful industries, healthcare and law enforcement, because we're all a little burnt out. So as we go through today's show, you'll also be reminded that uh, Relly has an IAP as well. It's called Leadership Keys, and it has plenty of videos and tips based on his top-ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence. And as you know, we love to give you as many free tips and tools in every show, but if you miss any of them, you can go to our websites, and that is, of course, for Relly, www.drrellynadler.com. You can reach Relly at Relly at drrellynadler.com. And you can go to our joint website now, www.emotionalbrilliance.com. Please go to EB Lifebook as well and download the book. And if you're looking for anything that we can help you with, you can contact me at Kathy at drkathygreenberg.com. So here we are. I'm so excited. Um, do you want to talk about a little bit about why we talk about emotional brilliance versus emotional intelligence before we bring Marsha on. Yeah, let me just give you the quick definition, and then we'll start with uh, Marsha in a moment. So, and Marsha is an expert on emotional intelligence also, and it's a big field, and so this idea of emotional brilliance, we're trying to zero in on what is that someone can do in the moment. That's why I liked what you, uh, in Marsha's uh, intro about the conversation. What can someone do in the moment? So we like to think about if emotional intelligence is all the clothes you have in your closet, there's a series of competencies depending on which model. What do you select for that situation that you're going to? Is it an interview? Is it going out with your friends? It's the selection of the strength. It's what's appropriate to let you be the best in the moment. And a lot of times we call that, what's your go-to? We're going to have a lot more stuff uh, on that on our website, www.emotionalbrilliance.com. But so, Marsha, let's jump into hearing more about your book and Coach the Person, Not the Problem, a guide using reflective inquiry. So one of the basic definitions of a reflective inquiry, you know, so what is that and why do you think that's such an important tool for leaders and coaches? Hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Riley and Kathy. I'm glad to be here. You know, um, what I have found over the years is that for whatever reason, there's so many people that mistake coaching for just asking questions. And as you know, there's a lot of books out there that are, here's the best questions to ask. And that defeats the purpose, you know, what you were just saying in the moment, that I'm not present with you if I'm sitting there trying to remember questions and which ones were most powerful, as if we knew that. And that 
was never the intention of coaching from the very beginning. Um, you know, I was part of writing the International Coach Federation competencies and really trying to define this thing called coaching. And there's two things that, that differentiate uh Coaching. One is the relationship that we have with people, that they're not broken, they don't need us to fix them um, or heal them. And, you know, we trust that, that they're very smart and resourceful, they're just stuck. And so stuck is their thinking. So that's the other distinction, that the reflective part of reflective inquiry is what I'm trying to do is to get you to look at your thinking, to take your stories out of your head and put them on the table. And so if I just share back with summarizing or or the key points of here's what I hear you saying, what do you think about that? That's many times so much more powerful than trying to come up with some profound question that the person might not even know what you're talking about. And so, you know, I know that you reference Daniel Kahneman's work a lot, the thinking fast and slow, that we don't stop by nature to think about our thinking. And that's what reflective inquiry is about. It just helps people think about their thinking and then to look deeper into the things that are making them feel stuck, the the old beliefs or the scary assumptions um, that they're making or their doubts and hesitations or conflicts of values. Those are the things that keep the story together. And reflection paired with questions is the best way to get there. When you talk about uh, the whole idea of, of reflective inquiry, it's such a valuable conversation. Marcia, tell us a little bit about what makes you so passionate about this work. Well, I I was a part of this group for years. We were called the old training broads, <laughs> that we were all very active in um, corporate training back in the 80s. and. Um, it was an accidental career for me, actually, that I ended up in a training department, but then I went and got a, a, a second master's degree in adult learning, and it sparked this deep curiosity in me. What does it really take for people to learn? What does it really take for someone to want to change their behavior and, and it lasts, it's permanent? And that's not an easy thing to do. And so for years I was studying how to make my classrooms better, how to manage the classroom, how to design my training. And and people loved my classes and, and said, oh, you changed my life and gave me happy faces at the end on the evaluation forms. And then went back and did basically what they always did before. <laughs> and so it was very frustrating. So not only was I curious, but I was frustrated. And then I found this thing called coaching. And when I got into the research, because that's my thing, is to try to understand how it works, you know, I I like to pull it apart just like a machine, I, I recognize that it's a learning technology. It's not, you know, people say it's a therapy. Um, it's not therapy. It didn't come out of therapy, actually. It came out of of learning reform in the early 1900s where they were looking at how do, how do kids learn in the school and how can we do that better? 
And that's when they started recognizing that getting even children to think more broadly for themselves with reflection and questions was far more powerful than just dumping information in their head. So my passion is around the great desire to help people learn and grow and expand their mind and and connect with each other better and uplift consciousness. So I think that what we do as coaches truly makes a difference on this planet. And Marsha, I love what you're you're saying, and we're going to go to a break in a minute. Um, but I know in your book you reference John Dewey, which is definitely an influence of mine. And and mm-hmm. just to kind of highlight what you're saying, you know, in my early career, I worked in these outward bound experiences where people had incredible experiences, you know, doing pushing themselves physically for mm-hmm. 19 or 23 days, and they ne- didn't necessarily learn from it. It became my summer mm-hmm. vacation. Versus how did I make it up that rock climb? How did I uh, show compassion to somebody else when I was mm-hmm. exhausted? And so one of my first mm-hmm. books was around process the experience where, mm-hmm. you know, we can, we can have the experience. That doesn't necessarily mean we've learned anything. So I love what you're saying. And we're gonna, <laughs> right. And we're going to come back to hear more about your book, Coach the Person, Not the Problem. I highly recommend it. And you can get it on Amazon. and Uh, We'll go to our first break, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic plays to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 are you a fearless leader Fearless leaders stop at nothing to win while engaging others through positive action. Fearless leaders operate with a strong sense of freedom. They embrace the courage to fail. They respond to challenges with resilience. They operate from a higher consciousness and they excel through a mindset for success to increase everyone's ROL or return on leadership. You can too. Let Dr. Kathy Greenberg and a rare team of special operations coaches help you realize your full potential at fearlessleadersgroup.com. The Fearless Leaders Group applies a powerful coach approach beyond tools and techniques by fundamentally transforming a leader's core abilities and approaches to any business in as little as 90 days. Act now and receive a free bonus. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com. Take the free assessment and find out what you are truly capable of. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com to find the fearless leader in you and discover how being fearless truly equals freedom. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We are having an inspiring conversation with Marsha Reynolds. Uh, she is filling us in on her new book. And Marsha, we're going to continue that conversation. Tell us about this, this five, I guess, crazy coaching beliefs. That's uh, <laughs> amazing uh, to me. So uh, let's start there. Okay. You know, it's funny. When the book was being reviewed, um in editing uh, with my publisher, there was comments like, do you want to call them crazy? And I said, but they are crazy. <laughs> so um, I think it's important that people recognize that they're acting by beliefs, even in coaching that aren't serving them. So the first one, um, I, I find with my students all over the world that they're so afraid to go out and practice until they get, quote, good at coaching. And the belief is it takes a long time to be a really good coach. Well, you know, there's a couple of things. First, good at coaching. I'm not sure what that definition is. But even if we try to define what makes for a successful coaching session, well, that could be many things. You know, I mean, it could have that they have a plan at the end, or it could be that they just feel more confident to take one step, or that, that it's an ongoing, uh, you know, as Relly said, with training, it, it, it's and, and change, it's an ongoing process. It's not an event. And so it might be that someone really needs to sit down and sort through things before they can make a plan. So, you know, we, we have to look at what is it that we're really providing people in a coaching session. Well, years ago when I started my coach training, 25 years ago, um, Thomas Leonard, who started the first coaching school in the U.S. and and the International Coach Federation, he was saying, you have to go out and coach. Well, we had just started our training, and we're like, well, how can we do that? We have no idea what we're doing. And he said, just go love them. And I'll never forget that because what I recognized is that the coaching mindset, if I'm just present and I hold a safe space for the person that I'm with, what value that brings. And then as I get better and better at my skill, it brings more value and I have greater impact. So what is it that we're doing? Every year I'm hoping I get better. And I look back at my testimonials for my first few years where I didn't know what I was doing, but they were great. People were saying, thank you. You gave me the space to, to talk things through and how valuable that is. 
So number one, go out and coach. It doesn't take a long time to be good at providing um, great value for people with coaching. Um, and jump in any time. Um, but the second crazy belief is that, you know, I've already addressed this, that, that you have to have questions, that coaching is about questions. And no, it's more than just questions. If you're looking at coaching as questions, then you're missing that. It's really about coaching as being a thinking partner and helping people to examine their thinking in a way they can't do for themselves. And that's why reflective inquiry is the most powerful part of coaching. And and when you look at the competencies of the ICF that were written 25 years ago, it never says you're only supposed to ask questions. So that somehow morphed along the way and, and, and misunderstood. The third belief um, is that you can only ask open questions. You can never ask a closed question, which, again, I don't know whoever said that, um, but I know some schools teach that because I've run into it when I've mentored coaches. And I use a lot of closed questions up front in confirmation of what it is that I'm hearing. Is that true? Did I get it right? Um, You know, how long has this been going on? They're, They're fairly quote, closed, and I use distinctions. You know, I hear you saying a number of things. Do you want to talk about this or this? You know, um, what's most important to you, this or this? And this is just to clarify what's going on, what's really muddling you um, before we can move forward. So my questions open up, you know, after we get really clear on where we're going and, and what's most important and what's truly getting in the way. So there is a place um, for closed questions, and I never get just a yes-no answer. It's all a part of the process. Number four, um, this I hit a lot in Asia, that, you know, when you just feed back what people are saying and it, and it bothers them that they said that, that it's very confrontational. And I think there's a distinction between confrontation and challenge, that I do challenge my clients. And sometimes it is uncomfortable, but it's in that moment of discomfort that truly they're most open to learning because all of a sudden they recognize there's a gap in their logic. Um, Their thinking isn't serving them. And that's good, not bad. You know, our job isn't to help them feel better. Our job is to help them to see better. So, again, I don't see it as confrontational. I just see it as a challenge to thinking. And then finally, number five, um, this whole idea that you have to have a clear vision or outcome uh, in each session. Um, Not all coaches do this, but I've seen it written and books on it, and um, I do drive for uh, direction, at least. Where are we going with this conversation? What is it you'd like to have that you don't have now? What does it look like if we resolve this problem? You know, I do want to get clear on a destination, um, so we have the end bookend, and I know we're making progress, but you know, sometimes, especially now, when uncertainty is like overboard, you know, and people are anxious, and and uh, they, they're not sure where they're going, sometimes it's just a matter of, I need to first be okay with not knowing. You know, so is that a clear vision? Eh, sort of, but not really. But I, 
But what is it that they truly want in this moment um, that we can work through in this session? So it's not always, you know, a, a goal, a clear vision. Um, I was doing a mentoring session in Russia, and there is a school and a school of thought that says we must have a vision at the end. And, and the coach was pushing the client, you know, I need to know what you want. And she's like, I'm not sure. I need to sort this through first. And she pushed her so much the client started crying. I'm like, this is done. We're done. We're done. And that just showed me that um, there's some real misunderstanding about that, about being with the client and it being their agenda. And, and there is a blur because we don't want it to be, uh, to not know where we're going because then you're going to just chase them in circles. But to have some direction, and that's going to change. And as they start to sort through their confusion, a vision may show up. So we work to that and see if it emerges. And if not, as long as we have some forward movement towards something they want, I feel that's enough. So, Marsha, these are really great. And, mm-hmm. you know, in the book, when you get it, it, she talks about these crazy beliefs, what's true about the belief, what's not true mm-hmm. and could be limiting, mm-hmm. and then offering a alternative. So it's not always just, you know, do this, don't do that, but it's, it, you've kind of done a nice job of teasing out some of the gray area. <laughs> and I think, yeah. you know, the, the aspect of how do you tease out their thoughts and have mm-hmm. it in front of them, and then the reflective part that I really like is then letting them choose, even the questions that you were giving us as an example. You're putting it back to them to say, yeah. is this something that you want to move forward with? Would you rather do this or this? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of coaches think they got to have the answer, and I think just <laughs> inviting yeah. them to put it in mm-hmm. front of them and then mm-hmm. let them select where they want to go, which is, which is really great. Yeah, and you know, Relly, what's interesting about that is that um, sometimes they surprise me and they select the one that I didn't think, Um, but oftentimes they'll select one, but they keep going back to the other. And again, this is where reflection comes in, just, just to say, well, that's interesting. You keep going back to this other issue. Do you want to work on that one instead? You know, Marcia, yeah. the thing that is so compelling to me that really captures me is something that I do, and I don't think people think it's genuine. And that is, I just try to be present with somebody when I'm mm-hmm. in that mode with them and simply mm-hmm. love them. And I don't think yeah. <laughs> right? But in, but in, mm-hmm. my, in my subconscious mind and in my mm-hmm. bodily um, interpretation, of those mm-hmm. words, you know, mm-hmm. I express that to give them that sense of it's, you know, it's okay. I'm, I'm here to make you the best you want to be. Right. It's not about what I want you to be or anybody else wants you to be. And I think that that is such a gift. If we just, if we could just teach every coach mm-hmm. and every leader how mm-hmm. to do that without saying, mm-hmm. I don't want to love everybody. No, you don't have to love. <laughs> There's many definitions of love, right? isn't there? Exactly. Yeah. But you need to you need to be loving in that moment. Yes. 
in the and appreciate that. yeah appreciate right. the human right. in front of you who just exactly. has challenges. And I wish, you know what, Riley, I, I think the three of us should design a, a course on how to love your client. I think that would be yeah. wonderful. Well, you know, interesting, for years, too, I said um, I would tell uh, people in my co- the companies I work for, it's like, please don't promote people into leadership positions that don't like people. That <laughs> should be priority number one is that the leader likes people. Um, and I worked for tech companies for, for 11 years, and so the truth is not all of them like people or like to be around people, but they were technically competent and got promoted. So, you know, in all of our influential conversations, that it's really important that the person feels psychologically safe with you, and I have to show you that I care. You know, I'm curious and I care and I'm not going to judge you. And this is where your emotional intelligence comes in, that I'm going to get knocked out of that at times in the conversation. You know, you may say something that goes against my values um, uh, or something you do scares me um, that I have to recognize right away that I'm having that reaction and shift, choose to come back to that care and compassionate curiosity um, and quickly do that. And so I think all coaches need to know and practice emotional intelligence in order to be able to create that safe space. Marsha, we're going to go to a quick break. So Mm -hmm. hold that thought and don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 are you a fearless leader Fearless leaders stop at nothing to win while engaging others through positive action. Fearless leaders operate with a strong sense of freedom. They embrace the courage to fail. They respond to challenges with resilience. They operate from a higher consciousness and they excel through a mindset for success to increase everyone's ROL or return on leadership. You can too. Let Dr. Kathy Greenberg and a rare team of special operations coaches help you realize your full potential at fearlessleadersgroup.com. The Fearless Leaders Group applies a powerful coach approach beyond tools and techniques by fundamentally transforming a leader's core abilities and approaches to any business in as little as 90 days. Act now and receive a free bonus. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com. Take the free assessment and find out what you're truly capable of. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com to find the fearless leader in you and discover how being fearless truly equals freedom. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. Um, Tools and Profiles for Top Performance. We're talking with Dr. Marsha Reynolds, a master certified coach, also a psychologist. And the one of the things I want to say and then get your take on this, we've been talking about presence. And I know from the psychotherapy research, which I think is very similar to coaching, what brings about change? And it's pretty basic when you hear this. We've been talking mm-hmm. about its relationship. That's one of the mm-hmm. factors. You know, are you trustworthy? Mm-hmm. Can they open up to you? But then the mm-hmm. other thing we've alluded to, we probably haven't said as clearly, is, and Kathy, you alluded to this, is inspiration of hope. You know, or, mm-hmm. uh, and have you developed, uh, this person leaving feeling hopeful, and they feel like they have a connection? Yes, there's a, all the, we talked about the ICF competencies and all that, but those two, from research, are critical around change. And so, Marsha, tell me, yeah, as you being a top performer, I love what you said about compassionate curiosity, but how do you prepare yourself? Like, what do you do to bring yourself into the session and in the variety of things? We like to say that, you know, everything that the coach E says or client says is an assessment. Mm-hmm. So what do you do to kind of be present and or make yourself mm-hmm. present if you're not? You know, really, I'm going to give you that, but I want to say one thing about something you just said about yeah. bringing in hope. And, I, you know, I, I think that's important, and I go one step further and say um, there's also permission. You know, there's sometimes when I've left my session with uh, a question for them to ponder, and they may still be a little in their tunnel, that they have permission to look at their question from all different angles. You know, I had a client who had hired me to uh, be to coach him through selling his business and becoming a philanthropist. And as we got toward um, getting very close to the sale, he kept having all these like huge dramas that oh, I can't sell right now. I have to handle this and I have to handle that. And and I finally said to him, I said, "You're going to blow up your company." You know, every day, every every session, you come to me with some bigger dilemma, and that's not how we started. Um, it's interesting. I said, but he, here's the thing. You can sell or not. You don't have to go through with this if you don't want to. I want you to think about that. And I'm going to get off the phone, and you'll come back after you've given it some thought. So he left a little confused but then came back a few days later and said, thank you, 
I'm not going to sell my company. It's my family, and I don't really want to do it. So I gave him permission, and it's within that permission that I think expands the, the hope that there's a solution I haven't seen. And I think that's critical. I think yeah, that's critical. That's great. Yeah. Okay, so to answer your question, yeah. you mentioned about psychology research, and one of the things I'm very clear about that in getting present that we do have to choose our emotional state, so we need to stop and breathe and, ah, what, do I, what is it I want to feel before I go into this conversation? But there's also a lot of research about how do we set up this psychological safety that has to do with more than just how am I feeling in this moment, but there's activities and research that show if we open up our entire nervous system, our head, our heart, and our gut, that the person we're with just feels safe with us. And there's a lot of research in trauma psychology where they found that if if the therapist takes a few moments to open their mind with curiosity, their heart with love, compassion, and their gut with courage, a sense of, hmm, I can stand up and I can stand for this client. And they hold those three open spaces that the client feels safe, psychologically safe, to to talk about things in trauma that they've never talked about before. So in the book, and um, actually my last book as well, and on my website I have a visualization, I think it's really critical, even if it's just a moment, to open up the head, heart, and gut. They're all connected. You know, we put too much uh, energy into just our brain, um, but the heart and the gut is connected to the nervous system, and we pull in information, and we, we give out signals through our heart and our gut as well as our brain. So we have to open them and manage our emotions from those centers as well as our brain. So I and, say align your brains <laughs> before you go in. And Mark, mm-hmm. it's, it's, very, it's, it's very interesting to me that you're talking about these um, components of how we put information together. In, in my book, uh, What Happy Companies Know, I interviewed many, many leaders around the world, and I asked them if they ever use intuition. And they mm-hmm. thought that it was, it was a bad thing to use intuition mm-hmm. versus the data. And I yeah. said, no, no, I mm-hmm. said, think about this. You have been mm-hmm. doing this job for many years. You know mm-hmm. how to calibrate information when you see it based on your wisdom yeah. and experience. And you mm-hmm. start to feel, you start to feel patterns that are mm-hmm. not necessarily able to be interpreted for those who are in your circle, but you are seeing a pattern that's giving you information physically that allows mm-hmm. you to make a decision that doesn't necessarily meet with the needs of other people in the circle. So you are using the data to validate your intuition, and they're like, yeah, that's what I do. But you know, yeah, right, right, I, right. Give, I always say, you know, in, yeah, intuition isn't from outer space, it's from inner space. <laughs> it is. Absolutely. But it's that permission, right? Yes. 
And let me just add this because you brought up Daniel Kahneman when he was asked about what is intuition, which I love. Because mm-hmm. it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's a hard thing. It's a recognition of a pattern. We've been here mm-hmm. before. I've seen this mm-hmm. before. You know, mm-hmm. And so it's that recognition. And I think as coaches, we can help bring out some of that recognition. You know, so mm-hmm. <clears throat> your book is very how-to, and you have you know, five essential practices. And we're probably not going to have time mm-hmm. for all of them. But maybe say a little bit more, you know, about it sounds like your first one is focus, coach the person, not the problem. And you've kind of mm-hmm. said that, but I think for many people, they go, oh, wait a minute, they come to me with a problem. Like, maybe just you know, highlight that distinction. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, this comes back to the value we have for the person in front of us, that um, if we truly um, believe they're creative, resourceful, and whole. And let me say that this came out of Alfred Adler's uh, work uh, when he was differentiating himself from Freud, where Freud said, you know, we're kind of like messed up. Adler said, no, we're not. We just, you know, get kind of stuck in meanings we apply to situations. But we could give new meanings if we had help understanding how we see things now. So he was the one that said, um, essentially, healthy people, healthy-ish, I like to say, um, are creative, resourceful, and whole. They're just stuck. And isn't it better to activate someone's brain um, by helping them see their solutions on their own? Um, and they'll commit to action when they do that. Then when we tell them what to do and tell them what we think, we actually make the brain more passive. And they usually don't do what we suggest because information doesn't change behavior. We all know we're supposed to do things that we don't. And um, uh, even when they say, I don't know what to do, tell me. I always tell coaches, don't fall into that trap. Don't fall into that trap. Don't let them be lazy thinkers because they can if you expand their mind through your reflections and questions. They will see new possibilities. So coach the person to think more broadly for themselves. Um, Don't just focus on externally on the problem. You're just going to go in circles if things they've already thought about before. Absolutely. Absolutely. And really, you use a wonderful uh, phrase that we use often, which is name it to tame it. If you can Mm -hmm. identify it in a new way and give it, Mm -hmm. right, possibly Mm -hmm. a new name, right, you can process it differently. Beautiful. Yeah. The other thing, Marcia, I think that's uh, so cool is that you bring up the different influences. Again, Daniel Kahneman has talked about, you know, thinking fast and slow and system one, system Mm -hmm. two. And, you know, thinking slow, which is really the reflective process that you're having someone really look at stuff. And I love what he Mm -hmm. said. Why don't we like to do that? I share this all the time. And you said it. Mm -hmm. We are cognitively lazy. I I know. Yeah. And so what we're trying to do, and this is what I think from a coach, when I ask a question and the person is going, hmm, oh, Mm wow. Wow. And I go, wow, this is where I want to be. They're actually thinking deeper than going to Mm -hmm. some shortcut answer, and you want them in that pensive mode. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're developing minds. You know, and I want to say, Relly, that it's not just um, 
that they're lazy, but one thing in companies is when you're always just quickly telling people the answers, you create learned helplessness. Right. Where people like, why should I even bother thinking for myself? Because you're just yeah. going to tell me what to do anyway. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, we definitely see, definitely see a lot of that, especially in this new generation. Yeah. So, right. Well, we think, oh, I don't have time to sit down and coach. And I, I always say to leaders, you know, you don't have time to not do that because they're going to just keep coming back to you and sucking up your right. time, <laughs> asking you questions because they're not thinking for themselves. And so I usually phrase that, who's doing the heavy lifting? Is it, is it yes. the or, 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 you know, or is it, are you really helping your direct reports think? If you want to do all the heavy lifting, you want to do all the thinking, that's going to be draining right. for you. You're on, your, you're on the road to burnout. So. Yes. So I know we're going to uh, be taking a break, I think, in a moment or two. But so one of the other questions or uh, actions that you have there for people is really around the brain hacking. Finding the treasure mm-hmm. in the box. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can say a kind of word about what do you you know what are some of the things people can find in your book about brain hacking? Yeah, well, I always say you know your brain is a box of stories, <laughs> and we we every decision we make from the moment we bake, wake up is based on a story that we hold in our brain, and um, you can't. Uh, See beyond the story, you know, they say see beyond the box, but you can't see beyond the story until you see the story itself. So the first thing we do in reflective inquiry is, again, just get, giving back to people what they're telling us and summarizing, paraphrasing, looking for key words and emotional expressions so people can actually hear and see themselves think. And and they start to take the stories out of their head. Now, what holds the stories together, what we get better at at coaching, is identifying the beliefs about the past and the present moment and my assumptions about the future. And if all we get to in coaching is really exploring what are those beliefs that you're holding your story together with, and many of them are what I love John Dewey called inherited beliefs. We got from someplace else, and we're just holding on to them without thinking about them. So if we can look and, at the beliefs and, and the scary assumptions we're making about the future. Yeah. Kathy? Absolutely. Marsha, we're just going we're gonna to take a quick break here. I didn't want to okay. interrupt you. But uh, I think this is our, our last break. So okay. don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? 
you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Are you a fearless leader? Fearless leaders stop at nothing to win while engaging others through positive action. Fearless leaders operate with a strong sense of freedom. They embrace the courage to fail. They respond to challenges with resilience. They operate from a higher consciousness, and they excel through a mindset for success to increase everyone's ROL, or return on leadership. You can, too. Let Dr. Kathy Greenberg and a rare team of special operations coaches help you realize your full potential at fearlessleadersgroup.com. The Fearless Leaders Group applies a powerful coach approach beyond tools and techniques by fundamentally transforming a leader's core abilities and approaches to any business in as little as 90 days. Act now and receive a free bonus. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com. Take the free assessment and find out what you are truly capable of. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com to find the fearless leader in you and discover how being fearless truly equals freedom. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. We're having a delightful conversation really getting an inside look uh, with Dr. Marshall Reynolds. She's a master certified coach, psychologist, PsyD like mine is a PsyD, doctor of psychology. This is just an ad note. Um, I'm so glad I have that degree, society versus PhD, <laughs> you know, because now we have a kind of a professional identification. You can get mm-hmm. uh, Marsha's book um, at Amazon, Coach the Person, Not the Problem. Her website is covisioning.com. And she mentioned there's probably some different tools and things there that you can get. So we just were talking during a break about what to zero in on. And, and you talked about the idea of releasing judgment, which, again, is a cognitive uh, behavior. Um, so say a little bit more about kind of maybe how that gets in the way for people coaching and, 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 re- and what do you mean by releasing judgment? Sure. You know, first I want to say that um, what people don't understand that was actually a surprise to me when I really got it a few years ago. Judgment is an emotion. It's not an opinion. It morphs into an opinion, a cognitive uh, construct, but it happens in the body first, like fear, anger, disappointment. And so you can actually catch your judgmental reaction um, before it comes out of your mouth. So and say that I again. know it's, this. It's an emotion, I, yeah, not I, a judgment, a decision. Yeah, it's an emotion, it's, not a decision. Yeah. Yeah, and 
because uh, I teach in China, and um, because our value systems are very different, they often uh, trigger my judgment. And I've learned mine shows up right at my solar plexus. So I get this little, uh, <laughs> and uh. I can feel it kind of bubbling up. But other people may feel it in their stomach, in the back of their neck. I always tell people, you know, go someplace that you know your judgment's going to be triggered, like read the news or social media or go to the grocery store and notice (laughs) what judgment feels like in your body. So just like anything else in emotional intelligence, if you can capture the biological reaction in your body first, (sighs) you can breathe and shift and choose to feel something else. So... As we're coaching, this is going to come up. You're going to have judgments, even little ones. So the quicker that you can catch that biological reaction and breathe it out and come back to caring and being compassionately curious about your client, the less that the judgment is going to get in the way. That's beautiful. And I I think of this uh, statement I heard from Paul Ekman, kind of one of the leaders about emotions. You want to catch the spark before it becomes a flame. Now, that can be around judgment, mm-hmm. like you're saying, or the yeah. storm can be around around your anger and, you know, getting hijacked. Mm-hmm. So what does so say about, yeah, releasing judgment? So once you, once you caught the spark, then what? Well, again, you know, emotional intelligence is about choosing how to feel in the moment. So if, once I know it's there, if I come back to caring about you and being compassionately curious, I love that terminology, um, then the judgment dissipates. I don't have to evaluate it in the moment. Like, what was that? You know, because I need to be present with you. So I need to (sighs) breathe breathe the judgment out and breathe in what I want to feel, and then I can move on without judgment. So I say it's catch and release, you know, like fishing. Right. Catch and release yep. your judgment, but it really is catch and choose how you want to feel differently. Yeah. I, I use that term, too, catch and, uh, catch and release. Uh, but I also like your uh, compassionate curiosity, and I think goes back to mm-hmm. one of the things that people can look at more around the goaltending in your book. If you're more mm-hmm. compassionate and curious, that can lead to what's going to happen versus somehow you've got to get to something. You know, they're going to lead you. Well, let me just say, yeah. um, mm-hmm. Marsha, any last things you want to say before we end here? Because this is on my side has been very helpful and delightful. Well, even though I give people a lot of things to do, I always say, you know, people just want you to be present more than they need you to be perfect. So as you integrate these skills, you know, don't think. This goes back to the first crazy coaching belief. You don't have to be really good at them in order to use them. That will come with time. So, you know, just create that safe space. Show up. Be present. Care about them. And then you'll just get better. It's a journey. Yes. All right, Marsha. Well, so let me just repeat your your book, Coach the Person, Not, uh, not the Problem. You can get it on Amazon mm-hmm. or website. Uh, www.covisioning.com. Thanks so much. This was really delightful. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, so tune in to tune up your performance again. Thank you. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. 
We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.